Hey everyone, it's Beth. Welcome to season two of the Daughters Without Moms podcast. This episode is a follow-up conversation with Yvonne. She was my first interview when the podcast began in 2021, and her episode has the most listens. As of today, her story has been shared 168 times. If you haven't listened to her podcast, I suggest you hit pause, go and listen to her story in episode two of season one. For 2022, I'm going to focus on growing the podcast and showing up in the places where you need additional support. If you have a topic that you'd enjoy hearing, please let me know by emailing daughterswithoutmoms at gmail.com. As always, if you are enjoying the podcast, please share it on social media, tell your friends, and leave a rating and review. And now, a follow-up with Yvonne. Hi, this is Beth, and welcome back to the Daughters Without Moms podcast. Today, I have with me the OG Daughter Without Mom, Yvonne. (laughs) Yvonne was my very first story that was published um, when I opened the podcast in January of 2021. Um, She was episode two, the first one just being an introduction to me. So she was the first story that was shared. She is also my most listened to episode on the podcast. She has 165 plays of her story on the Daughters Without Moms podcast. So um, I asked her if she'd be willing to come back and kind of give us an update on her story. Um, So if you haven't listened to episode two, I would encourage you to push pause right now, go back and listen to Yvonne's story and then come back and listen um, to this update. I told Yvonne she's going to be my kickoff for season two of 2022, so we are recording this in December, but it won't be published until January because she was my good luck charm this year. I want her to be my good luck charm next year, Um, and um, we were talking before we we started recording. Yvonne and I met in an online program in the fall of 2020, and I do feel like God put us together for a reason. She's my blonde to my brunette. Um, we just have had a connection, even though we've never met in person through that program, through her being my first interview, through her being part of the first permission program that I did. We just have have this bond that um, I'm really, really appreciative of. So I'm so grateful that you're here today. And um, so I think we're going to start off with just kind of, you know, Give us an update on your story since you shared a year ago, because I know you've had a tremendous year of, of growth and yes. personal development. So tell us what's yeah. going on with you. Yeah. So I thank you so much for um, that wonderful little intro too. I have a, um, a little update. Like for me, I started this year with the word surrender and my surrender word uh, meant a lot of things to me because I had been up to my eyeballs in shoving stuff down, shoving emotions down, shoving who I am down, like putting myself aside for everyone else for so long. And I didn't even know it. I, I mean, it was just coming to the surface when you and I met and <clears throat> because, you know, life was busy. I had three kids in two years in my early twenties, a husband, I was, I was enamored with my life. And so for a little while, things took over and suppressed all of that emptiness that my heart had been feeling. It sort of felt like it wasn't leaking for a little while. And then as the kids started to grow and as I started to work outside the home again, and then, um, all of the things that go with, you know, a family life and, watching kids that grow up and don't need you anymore. And then say, well, wait a minute. That was the, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but that was what was plugging my hole. And so there were little things chipping away at that hole in my heart going, Oh, uh Oh, I'm feeling it come back again. And um, I was struggling with that when my oldest daughter started to go to college, it st- I started to notice there was just waves coming over me. And then the twins were going to go off to college two years later. And then, oh, the waves, they were just, they were filling my boat. Like I couldn't even, I couldn't even keep up. And so I found myself in this world working with these lovely senior citizens and feeling so much love from them that they started to fill up a little bit of my boat. And then the pressure from um, doing so well at that job and then being um, put in other 
pressure cooker situations. Go help these people, go help these people. Um, oh, you're behind on your stuff now, get caught up and all of that. Um, I started to get singly focused on work and I wasn't even, I was barely focusing on me, my family, anything. So uh, when I left that job because of my blood pressure, uh, I took some time off. And then I started going on that personal discovery and I started doing um, meditations and I did some guided meditations through Deepak Chopra and the mother thing came up in his abundance challenge. And so I had done that three times in 2020, um, just before I met you. And each time in that uh, meditation, I did them like three months apart. And each time you do that meditation, there's this part where you have to forgive your ancestors. You have to forgive them and you have to um, also um, project yourself into their situation. And so I began in 2020 that journey, but it was just bringing all the awareness to me. So what didn't happen was that I still hadn't dealt with the emotions. So when you and I sat down on that call, I was, um, I feel like I was hurting from my gut. I think all of the tears, all of the emotion that I had held down, like I said, it was up to my eyeballs as it just started to come out. Like I had prepared myself, I thought mentally. And I mean, we were what, two seconds into that thing and I, and, it, and I couldn't find any words. It was just, it was letting it flow. And that was such a great beginning to a healing journey for me. And so I think I want to share surrender and flow as my two things that I would want people to hear that I've done and worked on this year. I have cried more this year. I tried to blame it on menopause. I tried, which is, I'm sure there's some of that. Um, I tried to blame it on the kids graduating college and finally taking, moving to Houston and New Mexico. Um, I tried to blame it on grieving, having been a mom and now having to be this new person. Um, but really, if I, if I sit back and I think about just center my thoughts, it, it has been that I didn't let myself cry for all of those years. I didn't let myself feel for all of those years. And so it, they do flow. They're kind of starting to well in my eyes right now, but in a way where I will let them flow. Like I'm not going to, the struggle for me was always holding them back, always fighting them and, you know, shoving it down and not letting it be, um, not being present with it. And so getting present with all of that hurt, it can't hurt me anymore. Also the shame, the shame of just, um, I gave you guys so much. I mean, you go back and listen to that. I mean, whoo, <laughs> I had friends of 15 years, listen to that and say to me, I never knew they would, they would call me and they would be, um, crying for me and say, how did I never know this? And it's because I've tried to live my life in such a positive way. I tried to push it aside. And, um, and I mean, these are people who knew me pretty well and they were shocked by some of the things because, um, you know, we will, we have a way of protecting ourselves. We, we feel safe with very few people. Mm-hmm with our shame. And especially, I don't want to take that away from anybody, but for me, it was the especially part for me was that thinking all of those years that my own mom didn't want me and living with that. Like I wasn't good enough for my own mom. I was, I should have, you know, known better, especially as I became a mom, I should have known better. I, and I think a part of me did, I think a part of me was very incredulous that she couldn't have loved me, you know? So this year, as I've let the tears flow and the emotions, I I've been grounding where I go outside and I just have my feet in the grass or the dirt. And I do this like almost every day around three o'clock. And I do live in Florida. So that makes it possible. (laughs) Um, but I, I have spent a lot of time just being present with the emotions to the point of actually, I speak to her now. I speak to my mom's spirit and that is so uh, freeing. And I think back 
um, to the letters I've written through those challenges with Deepak Chopra's um, abundance challenge. And the it's like 21 days and it's just, it, it's phenomenal. I actually do it for people now because I love what it's done for me. I share it with other people. Mm -hmm. I did that twice this year. And uh, I wrote a letter and one of the things that came to me is that she was 20 years old. When she was 24, when my dad stole me away and what was she supposed to do? Not go on with her life at 24 years old. When even my grandparents, my grandmother finally admitted to me that she wouldn't give her my phone number. She didn't, you know, my dad had told them so many lies about her that um, they didn't know what was true and what was not true. So they thought they were protecting me and, you know, just thinking of her. And what that must have been like for her as a young woman and for my birthday to be Christmas day, how much did she never, ever enjoy Christmas? Mm. You know, did she always, was she so sad? Was she always longing? And so just coming to grips with who she was and grieving for her, what she lost out on and what was taken from her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I made a connection to my dad and it was weird. My dad, his mom died when he was in high school and he was constantly looking for someone to mother him. I mean, he'd gone through four wives and he, and, you know, and then I got stuck with mothering him. So, um, interestingly, it's like that mother wound was generational and then he passed it down to me, which just, you know, blows your mind. But again, he was only 25 and he was, you know. Um, I think in some ways thinking he was doing best for me because maybe she was so lost and, you know, she was so young and maybe he, you know, she didn't step up and how was she going to support him and he could support me and all the things I I've given everybody the benefit of every doubt. And with everything that I've done with the surrender to the emotions, just letting it out and then the flow and then the speaking, I sent my dad a beautiful birthday card this year. And with all of the letting go, beautiful memories came back to me of me and my dad, like Mm -hmm. such fun memories came back to me. Mm -hmm. And like, I'll give you an example. My dad, you know, he didn't cook and he didn't clean. And so uh, we ate at Burger Chef every night of the week after he picked me up from the, um, I don't know if anybody here still remembers Burger Chef, but (laughs) Burger Chef was the drive-through that we went to and got the kids meal. And that was my dinner when he picked me up from the babysitters. And then, so my only real cooked meals came when I was with my grandparents or my babysitter, Mrs. Protus. And, um, and then we went to Duff's smorgasbord on Sundays. And so I don't know if anybody remembers Duff's or if that was even a chain, but um, that was nice. And that, I think that's where my first love of fried chicken came from. So <laughs> love me some fried chicken. I've been trying to go plant-based and eat um, 80% plant-based, but once every couple of weeks, I'm like, you better bring me on the wings. Like I'm having some fried chicken. So, um, so yeah, so I, I wrote him a card and I told him about all the things I remembered. And I'll share some of those with you guys, because, um, I shared some really mean things, but, um, you know, my dad was such a young man. I was, you know, he was 20 years old when I was born and, um, the memories that came flooding back to me, because for a long time, I had no memories of him before I was five. And I have, I can still remember the few memories I have of my mom are all before I was five. And so why couldn't I remember things with him? And Mm -hmm. I was so angry at him. They were blocked. And so as I've surrendered and I've just been, um, so prayerful and in meditation and just letting go, um, I remember how, um, on, on his weekends, he took me and we would go out, drive out in the country to this, um, uh, place where he would hit baseballs and swing. It it was like a batting cages or something and yeah, taking, um, drives and how he would sit me on his lap and let me steer the wheel of the car And how I learned to read a map at five years old. I read the map all the way to Oklahoma when he was stealing me. (laughs) Of course, I thought we were on an adventure. (laughs) But um, yeah, whatever. But um, just several really um, good things came back. Mm -hmm. I remember my dad had this horrible habit. And you're going to crack up because of the conversation we had before this call. But my dad picks his nose. 
And it's a horrible thing. Like for a kid, you're like, oh my God. And so I used to always say, dad, don't pick your nose. We're at a stop sign. People are going to see us in the car together. And so then he would stick both of his fingers up his nose. Like he would be like, what does it bother you? You know, like, like, and so he just had a wicked sense of humor. And so some of those things came back to me. And so, um, you know, I'm very aware of all the hurt and all the abuse and all the other things, but also I know he was a, you know, young man suffering. They didn't even know the name for it at the time, but he was diagnosed later with bipolar manic Mm. depression. They called it, um, in 1981, he finally got on medication that really stapled him, but I was already 12 years old. So yeah, that wasn't so, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. took a while. I took a lot of beatings before he got regulated. Um, but yeah, looking back at, I think about the things about my dad that I'm thankful for is, um, you know, he chased a lot of women off, but I got four siblings in the process. And of those siblings were, were pretty close to this day. We, um, we love each other. We have a love for each other that is really bonding. And he kept our family together. He worked sometimes two and three jobs to do that. And, you know, I could focus on all the bad things that he did and how he was awful, which is what I did for all those years that I was tamping down all of the emotions. I just kept that anger was just, you know, all the way through my, my second toe, just all down there crammed in piece by piece that it was, it was blocking me from the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And so remembering some of the good things was such a gift this year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. An amazing gift. And like I said, letting myself cry, letting myself feel, letting, um, and being so graceful to myself and saying this, I get to feel all my feelings. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) I get get to feel them all now. And sometimes I wish to pack them away again, but okay, (laughs) here they are. Um, But the more I let go, the more I love life the more I love my kids, my husband, my, I, I don't take for granted saying, I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, even to my dad. And I talk to him about once every three weeks. Like I, I try, uh, but you know, I'm on the phone so much with my work as, um, an online business coach that, um, there's not a lot of hours in the day when we're both available that I'm actually free. Uh, I used to call him every week. I had a set day of the week that I would call him during my commute. Mm-hmm. And so it sort of, but back then I was just checking the box. I wasn't mm-hmm. doing it from my heart. And mm-hmm. so now when I talk to him, I talk to him from my heart and I feel really good about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I let him be, I don't try to, I don't think a thought like, oh, you're just an asshole or whatever. Like I th- used to think, and, um, I, I just, I'm not harboring any of that. And so mm-hmm. it feels amazing mm-hmm. to, you know, cause he won't be around forever. And so I'm able to be okay with where we are. Um, and I don't spend a lot of time wishing I'd had a different dad. I used to fantasize. This is so funny. Mike Brady from the Brady bunch. He was my dad. Like, I swear <laughs> to you, I loved that man. Like <laughs> I just, I, even to this day, like the Brady bunch memories come on and I'll be like, Oh, that Mike Brady. Like, I just loved him so much. like nobody, he was always calm and I'm very disappointed in you, Greg. And like, he just, <laughs> I mean, there was no belt coming off and snapping it and saying, get over here and bend over and touch your toes. And he was just my dream dad. Like, I just loved him so much. And so even when he comes on now, I'll make my husband sit down and like, hold on, we're going to watch Mike Brady, my, my TV dad. Oh my gosh. I mean, I I don't know what I got on that tangent for, but anyway, no, like I just, you know, like I just had my fantasy dad, like, and so I'd always compare my dad to the fantasy dad and, and he just never stacked up. But I thought, you know, all that hurt and all of that, um, craziness certainly made me a passionate person. I love passionately. I swear my kids would probably say, I wish mom wouldn't love so passionately sometimes. You know? <laughs> um, that woman, um, they could tell you stories, I'm sure. And um, my oldest one would love to tell you about um, my mother was a dictator. That's what she thinks. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, if she's ever blessed to, um, to know what it feels like to, to be a mom and 
Um, this might choke me up a little bit. But to know what kind of awful things can happen to a little girl. She might love so passionately so that she would want to protect her the way I did. Want to protect mine. Mm -hmm. All of them. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe someday she'll have some flow and understanding and surrender to that, you know, mm -hmm. because um, I think that's probably I'm, I'm so proud of having been a mom and I loved being a mom and I, I believe I was a good mom. I believe there were areas I could have definitely without my wounded inner child been a little different and better, but I did the best I could with what I had. And <laughs> I'm proud of that. Mm -hmm. um, and they didn't come with the manual. No. That's what I always say. I'm like, yeah. listen, you didn't come and with the manual. And they didn't come with a manual, A. And B, we didn't have anybody to show us how to do it because we were without yes. in that way. So anywho, mm -hmm. um, you know, I always think that that's where that passion came from. So uh, I have to turn that passion into something good that I have for my whole life. Mm -hmm. I've been a light to most every room that I've ever walked into because I've been so thankful for whatever good I could find in the world. Mm -hmm. Did you have a question? I was just going to say, just, just like after all these years that you are finally able to, not finally, but that you are able to fully give your dad the benefit of the doubt that he yeah. was doing the best he could with the resources he had at that time. She yeah. will do the same with you. She yeah. will. And I yeah. think you're right. I think there is something about becoming a mother yourself that opens up a whole new lens that you just don't understand until yeah. you become um, a mom yourself, whether whether biologically or through adoption or through nieces and nephews, however that, however those maternal instincts come about, um, there is something about when you become a mom, it just, yeah, you either tamp it down more or you try to compensate by, you know, by doing, yeah, doing <laughs> the things, doing the things that you wish you had had that, um, that you didn't have or that you thought would have been good that you didn't have access to. So I think, I think in the long run, has she listened? Have the, have your children listened to your now? Okay. No, I sent it to them, but they, they didn't listen. They think they know everything. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Which well, I'm maybe. sure they don't, but <laughs> uh -huh. yeah, but we, I, you know, fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that at their age, they're so forward focused. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So you and I have talked about that too. So your daughter has a song called I know now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you and I have talked about, like, I look back at my journey and when I think about your journey, like I wish I hadn't spent 25 years being angry, but I don't <laughs> know if I would have gotten to the point that I am now without that. Right. I don't know if I had the capacity to, I don't know, you know, because I didn't know then what I know mm -hmm. now. And the, yeah, now. the journey has been hard and the journey has had a lot of ups and downs, but I often think back to, and I, you know, people who are younger that are losing their moms and I listen to them talk and I, and I, and I want to fast forward them to where I am now, but I also think, you know, you, you have to experience it yourself to be able to get to that point where you say, I'm going to just treat everybody like they had the best intentions. Like, you know, yeah. that, that yeah. is what, but but until we get to that point, you and I both became high functioning. We were codependent on our high yep. functioning. We were doing yep. the things and we yep. were cranking it out and we were yeah. you know, checking all the boxes and doing the things that we're supposed to be, you know, whatever our society says are the things for success. Um, and it just takes time and growth and age. And you and I both are over the 50 year old yeah. mark and I am yeah. like, it just keeps getting better in my opinion. Yes. It yes. just keeps getting better. It's interesting because the, the codependency, um, I really, these are all words that have become part of my journey that I never knew before. Uh, I learned all kinds of new vocabulary on the uh, personal development side. And I make a joke about it too, because like I was so busy with my head down working and being a mom and being a wife and planning vacations and doing all the things that, you know, you go to start a business and then they have this whole new language for you, imposter syndrome, you know, and 
And then you, you, as you're doing this journey to self-discovery, you find out that you were codependent. And I was, I was, I put all of my happiness eggs in everybody else's basket. So I, when I met my husband, I remember just being so head over heels in love with him and being like, wow, this is great. And he treats me great. And like, I would have never settled for somebody who would have ever laid a hand on me. I know that I would have probably, um, been a Farrah faucet and burned the bed. Like that would have been like, that would have been it like for sure. Because, um, the one thing my dad taught me was how to stand up for myself. So if somebody would have hit me, my first reaction would have been, where's the frying pan? So I'm sure back to episode two and hear about the school bus. I'm not going to say anything (laughs) else. Just go back. (laughs) You remember it so well. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah. So there's that. But, um, uh, but I wouldn't have tolerated probably being beaten or anything like that. But what I realized through this self-discovery journey and how it like, it, it spills over into everything is that I put so much responsibility on my husband to make me happy. Mm-hmm. he was supposed to be my white knight you know like I was I was stuck somewhere between being a warrior and being a princess like I I don't know like there were times I would stand up and I would take charge and I would do everything and I would be the martyr and then I would need to be the princess somebody come save me and so I'm so like my my eyes are so wide open now to the things that I see that um how it how it played out in my work relationships, how it played out in my friendships, how it played out in, um, in my treatment of myself and how it played out in my treatment of my children. Nobody else is responsible for my happiness. I'm responsible for my happiness, but Mm -hmm. man, that's an easy thing to say, but it's not an easy thing to actually live. Right. So I did, I really did get, um, I did get stronger and happier with myself. I spend a lot of time with me now and I'm an extrovert because I get energy from other people, but I have a tremendous amount of introvert tendencies and, um, I love, I I never loved being alone before. Mm. I couldn't like, I, um, I like to read. I've always loved to read, but I take time to go out and listen to the trees and the leaves falling from the trees or the rain coming down. Do you know what I did this year? You're going to think I am so wacky, like (laughs) woo woo wacky. Like this is like, and I love woo woo and I'm not meaning to, to, you know, say anything negative towards it. I'm just saying that for me, my, my brain always thought this stuff was way out there. It was storming here. It was coming down like buckets. And I just decided like, I think I want to take a shower in the rain. And I stripped down to my, my under Gucci's and I went outside (laughs) and I showered in the rain and I did it. I loved it so much. I did it over and over again in the summer. And I took showers in the rain and I was like standing out there with the buckets. And I'm just like, this is amazing. And I just let it wash over me. And I think that anybody who knows me would say, what the hell you want? Like, <laughs> what, are, what are you doing? And, and my husband came home one time and he's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm showering in the rain. You want to join me? He's like, what? Like, what? Like, Honey, we have a shower. Throat. Yeah. This is another thing I learned his throat chakra. He couldn't find the word. What? And he's like, maybe I do. Like, I think it turned him on a little bit. I bet. At the same time, he was like, where did my wife go? Like, what is happening here? Oh my gosh, that is great. Oh, it was Um, like so fun. But I've done so many things like that this year that are just outside of my norm. And the biggest one that I did is that, and this is what I really wanted to share with you, is I started talking to my mom's spirit. Mm And I think people probably, again, I, 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 this is not the way that I used to be. So, you know, I've been journaling and then all of a sudden, just out of the blue, something will happen. And I'll say, are you here with me? Are you guiding me? Is that why I'm doing it this way? Um, you know, I'll just have a conversation and my favorite color before my dad stole me away was blue. And then when I went to Oklahoma, I didn't get blue anymore. Nobody bought me blue things anymore. There was no blue anywhere. It was red, 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 red. So all the little dresses that I would be in for, for picture day were red. 
and I think my stepmother must have loved red and she, or she thought I looked good in red. And so she bought me all red, or maybe she put the connection together, Christmas baby, red, red. I don't know where it came from, but red became the new color. And so it's very interesting to me. I started off um, with my business and I was using like a teal color as my brain. Like I, you know, that's, that's, it makes me feel peaceful and calm and, and all of these things. And I hadn't connected it back to my mom at all at this point. Um, but now that I'm evolving my business, I'm letting my passion show through. And so I've changed my color to red. The passion is coming through from the red, but my home is in all of these beautiful colors. And I sent you a picture of my Christmas tree mm -hmm. and I did my Christmas tree in this gorgeous blues, like four different shades of blues and silvers and, um, and white. And, oh my goodness, it's just the most beautiful tree. My husband walks in every night and he says, I think this might be the most beautiful tree we've ever had. Mm. And it's a part of me feels like I'm letting her come through me. And mm -hmm. we're doing that together and we're allowing that to flow. Mm -hmm. And again, all this just sounds woo woo to me. It's just, I can't <laughs> even tell you, but I am, I am like, um, a new person. I'm, I'm filled with gratitude. I'm filled. There are days I'm certain I still have, um, days of, you know, my sad days or whatever. I, I think that they're kind of always going to be there. I call it, you know, my black hole or whatever, but it's just a part of my journey mm -hmm. and I'm just, I'm just trying to uh, find ways to manage, manage it differently. I'm not stuffing it down. I let it come out. And um, so I let my tears fall when they want to fall. And so they fall sometimes and that's okay. And I say, yeah. well, you know, um, everybody else in the world gets to feel whatever they want to feel. I'm going to feel it too. <laughs> I have to remind my kids because they're like, they're so kind to other people. Mom, they're just being themselves, you know, well, I'm just being myself, you know, <laughs> well, this is me and I cry. <laughs> Welcome to the new me. Yeah. And shove that in your little millennial cap because I'm just like, or Gen Z or whatever the heck you are. I just want to cry. That's what I get to do. That's how I process. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and, and not making it mean anything, like just going ahead and crying and saying, okay, it doesn't mean anything, you mm -hmm. know, like it just mm -hmm. means that I'm healing and I just have a lot of healing to do apparently because they come when they come. And I, and I don't know because I can't expect them. But those were the two things that I had wanted to share with you is, A, I know, I mean, the, the understanding I think I have for my dad and my mom for being so young and for what they went through and for just being two idiots who probably shouldn't have been fooling around and did and tried to do right and then hated each other through that process, you know, it's a good reason for girls to keep their knees together. <laughs> But I wouldn't be here if they had. And so, you know, I'm so thankful and there's a whole lot of love. And like I said, I've, because of the life that I've lived, I found so much um, outside of, of me where people who've had really great lives, they're just so blah. Like they don't ever really know how to feel one way or the other. And I feel, I feel so many highs and so many lows. And, um, and I, in my moments of quiet and peace, I'm, I can be extremely, extremely um, excited about a rainy day and other people can feel like, oh God, this is going to be a rainy day and I'm going to have to do this and I got to go, oh, you know, all the things. And I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling the chilly today and that smell in the house and yeah, I'm going to do that or, you know, um, uh, or a blanket and a reason. Cause it, the thing about living in Florida that nobody thinks of, if you're an Ohio girl, which I am, is that how you're going to miss a day with a, with a reason you can't go anywhere, like being snowed in mm. a reason you can't go anywhere. I mean, it only rains for a couple dang hours here. Like, come on, I need a whole day <laughs> because they don't understand what it's like to curl up with a book and a blanket and feel no guilt that I should be doing something else because well, I can't go anywhere anyway. So I miss snow days for that reason. <laughs> um, uh, but there's just, and I just 
find joy in so many of those little things in my coffee with my journaling, in my uh, walking outside with my doggy and just taking, putting my feet in the grass, taking a naked shower in the backyard, <laughs> <laughs> almost naked, almost naked. Um, I mean, I would have never thought that I loved that. You should have seen my hair after too. Wow. It looked amazing. I was like, wow, they're, they're killing my hair in this inside, you know? <laughs> Um, I'm like, I think we want to start. And the other thing I've done is I've started eating plant-based and about 80% of my diet. Now I only eat meat about maybe two different meals a week. So the rest of the week is more plant-based and I'm finding that that's really, um, satisfying. It's, it's amazing. Um, the difference you feel in your energy and in your, um, people have told me my skin looks really good mm-hmm. and it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Um, but yeah, trying to eat a more plant-based diet, just all the things just mm-hmm. getting, getting kind of like, um, in my day, we would have called it granola. I'm turning into a granola and I'm <laughs> loving granola Yvonne. I love her. So she's like, and, and my kids laughing at, um, Thanksgiving, my daughter brought up and she's like, yeah, don't tell mom you're sick. Cause she'll be like, okay, let's figure out what uh, vitamin deficiency you have. And so that's, I didn't even realize, but I've been doing that for a long time. The kids are like, God, mom, it's not a vitamin deficiency. It's I just, blah, blah. I'm like, no, it's vitamin your feet look like you got the dark circles under your eyes yeah. oh my gosh I, I have so much fun with like when they point out the stuff now I'm like yeah mm-hmm, that's who I am used yeah. to be it would hurt my feelings like they wouldn't be able to say those things because I'd be like you mean I'm not perfect I didn't do something right and that people pleaser in me would be like oh my god I failed you and you know like so mm-hmm. now it comes out in a different way I'm like god I was good all along I didn't even realize it was a vitamin deficiency <laughs> hmm yeah. And if I had to narrow it all down for me, it's, it's like an emotional awareness for all those years, I was taking the emotions and not, and just only focusing on the bad part or just only allowing um, mm-hmm. bits and pieces to be a part of who I was. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I'm the same as you are. Like I was, I had a couple rough days last week because it was the anniversary of when my sister went to respiratory distress and I didn't fight it and I didn't fake it. Mm-hmm. My husband mm-hmm. was like, are, is something wrong? And I was like, yeah. And you know, it's, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. Something is wrong and it's okay. Um, and so I, I just think about how we're conditioned to the, especially as girl, like for you and I, in our generation, it was like, well, be sugar and spice and everything nice. And mm-hmm. you don't have anything nice to say. Don't say anything at all. Whereas now everybody says whatever the heck they want and they don't care. Yeah. Um, well, remember I didn't have anybody telling me that I had Jerry cool yelling all kinds of, uh, you know, prof- profanity. And so <laughs> I do speak my mind most of the time, but yes, I was holding back how I was feeling, but mine manifested in anger. So I would have a really short top, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I can remember even when the kids were little recognizing that sort of like rage coming up in me when things wouldn't just go a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I can remember saying to my kids, um, mommy has no fuse today. Mommy has no fuse. So this is not the day to push me. You need to be quiet and you need to be respectful. And I can remember very, um, in a no bullshit kind of way, like don't push my buttons today. And they knew, like they learned, like, don't you push were my serious. buttons today. I yeah. was serious. There were days you could not mess with me because I think it was along with my cycle. Um, and it would be like everything else that I'd held back and tamped down and all the things. And it would be this one period of, of a, probably a day and a half where I would have to say to people, this is not the day mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. do this today. Mm-hmm. So mine really, it came out as anger, mm-hmm. you know, probably uh, resulting from that school bus incident. So <laughs> like, I'm sure because, you know, he taught me one thing in one way to solve a problem. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, anywho mm-hmm. yeah. that, my, for me, it, it really did come up through that. And, um, so now I'm, I'm, so, I'm not angry anymore. I'm just not angry. Um, something happened recently. I can't remember what it was. And I remember in the past, I would have been so mad at my husband for it. And I can't remember what it was. Anyway, I just remember just giving him a hug and saying, you know, it is what it is. Like, 
we'll figure it out or whatever. And before I put so much pressure on him to be this everything for me to make, to be the smoother router of everything. And, um, you know, to the point, like, I wonder what like his story would be like, living with that woman, he got some stories, you know, like, (laughs) that's what I think. I think he he got some stories like, you know, in fact, it was so funny. We were driving back from the gym a couple days ago and I, I said to him, you know, I never realized that I leave the cabinet doors open when I leave, walk out of the kitchen and he goes, oh yeah. And the drawers and the shower door. And then he had like a list and he was going on and on. And I was like, oh, so you got a whole list. it's a long time I live with you. I have to walk into things. He goes, I'm on high alert if the, if the lights are out. <laughs> yeah, that man's got some stories. Oh, yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. But the thing I enjoy, what made, made me connect to what you said earlier is that you're not emotionally reacting to something mm-hmm. that happened with Norm and something that happened with the kids. And that's the thing that the freedom that I, now I don't, I'm not able to be good at it all the time, but I'm mm-hmm. a lot better at it than I used yeah. to be. And I think that's part of the maternal manifestation of trying to make everything pleasing for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And that meant usually putting ourselves second. So there is something really great about this journey. If you're listening to this story and you're, and you're in the thick of some really, really hard times, just keep going one day at a time. um, Because I, I pray that you do get to a place where you are able to have these, like these conversations are so um, life-giving to be able to be honest and open with the things that have happened in our life and to be able to then be on a side where you are so comfortable with who you are, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that you just have an openness um, that only comes, I think, with time and experience. Um, it really does. And what it does for me, and I don't, I, I am not a life coach. I'm taking some classes because I'd really like to become um, better at my business coaching, or maybe I'll transition into life coaching because of this journey that I've been on. Um, I could see that happening for me. But um, what I realize is in, in my business coaching is that I have several clients and they're up to here, they're up to their eyeballs with their stress and what's going on with them. And when I can say to them, you know, where do we want to start today's meeting? And because I kind of bring every meeting at, to them right where they are, instead of like, okay, we had this agenda, we had all of these things we were supposed to get done, but where are you? Where are you in the process? And that lovingness of embracing them right where they are. And there's no expectation that they had to, they had to accomplish it. They could. And if they did, we get to move forward. But um, because of the way that I approach them, where are you? What can we do today to move you forward? Um, I've had about maybe 12 or 13 of my clients that have come out and said, shared things with me that are, again, I wouldn't want to bear their cross. Like they've said, you see me in a way, or you, you know, I just, when I'm with you, Yvonne, I feel so safe that I can say this. And I just Mm -hmm. need to give this to somebody. I've not told anybody besides my husband in 20 years and talking about the abuse that they suffered as a child and, or the, um, the turmoil that it felt like being ripped around and moved around by their parents or whatever thing was causing them their trauma. And this is a gift for me that I can be like you, I can be there to support them through it. And I don't try to, I don't try to be their therapist. I don't try to be that, but I do listen. And um, I know that some people are journaling that have never journaled before. I know that some of my clients are in prayer. Some of my prayer, my clients are going back to church, their faith, um, because through the conversations that we've had, what is missing for them comes up and they're, Mm. and I'm able to make some impact in a way that I really feel like, um, this journey has, is, is inspiring me to do that good for others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and what a gift that gift. is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the things that I did want to ask you, um, is if you had to name one thing that you're most grateful for right now, could you, could you name one thing? Oh gosh, I have so many things I'm grateful for. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think for me, I'm, I'm learning to be grateful for myself. Mm. And there's, um, there's something about that, like, 
Um, not looking at my body and hating it in the mirror, uh, being grateful, like for the, the, um, I've looked, you know, I've looked at myself with such disdain for so many years and looking at myself now and saying, wow, this body, it might have some weight to lose, but it, it nurtured three babies to life. And, um, and man, I'm grateful for the fact that it's still willing to move when I've let it, when I've abused it. And I look at my face and I see the wrinkles that are, you know, inevitable. And I say, um, my laugh lines are the biggest. And I mm -hmm. say, well, I wouldn't give back a single laugh. So I'm not going to do that. So I think I'm grateful for all the smiles and, you know, like, I'm just like inside working so hard, like every day with just being grateful for, um, this life. I'm just, I'm, I really just the whole package. I don't know if I could narrow it to one thing, but maybe I'm grateful for the grace that I'm showing myself most these days. Mm -hmm. That's great. And your word for 2021 was surrender. And my word for 2021 was grace. Mm -hmm. So yeah. 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 I remember. Mm -hmm. And I think I adopted that as my second word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have to think about what I'm going to make my word for 2022. Have you thought about yours? I have not. No, I have not. I do yeah. love that that was my intention and that I stated that and that I shared it with people because every time something would come up, I would say, Mm -mm, let, let's, let's surrender. And I had some things come up in my personal life with my kids and, um, I could have gotten all uptight and I could have, um, uh, made choices to react in different ways. And instead the word being surrender really carried me through and, um, and then grace was probably mm. right behind that. So I want to think of a word for next year and, um, it might be more flow. I think it might be, let's, let's go with the current. Let's, let's be in that water and let's, let's uh, be so accepting. So maybe flow and accepting of where I'm going mm -hmm. because I feel an amazing um, energy for what's to come. And I, for a couple of years, I want to tell you, Grace, or Beth, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel it. I felt like the best of was behind me and that I would not have anything more to look forward to. And that, mm. um, you know, you can, you can look at it from so many different directions, but I'm excited for next year, Yay. Um, but for more people that I'll get to connect with, for more people that I'll get to, uh, be a part of their, um, their change and, uh, hopefully making them more money and whatever else, but, but mostly, um, I'm excited for some silly, goofy things. Like um, I created my own um, networking group and being able to bring people together that will, will help them all rise. That, that excites me. Speaking. I want to do some speaking engagements next year. I was hoping you were going to tell me at the end of this, that you do have a live event and you would like for me to be one of your speakers <laughs> and I was going to prepare something really great. And so like, you know, that kind of thing, like just to be able to push myself in new directions. Like, um, I can remember the first time I was told I had to speak in front of a group of people and I almost threw up mm. and, um, I was only 22 at the time. And so, uh, now I look at that and I think, okay, who in there is my friend and like, how am I going to make this? How am I going to keep this, this going and make other people feel good for being here? Uh, so I definitely want to do some speaking and I want to do, um, I want to do some girlfriend getaways. Mm -hmm. So I want to do some of that. My son's getting married and so he's getting married in Mexico. So my husband and I are both looking so forward to that. We're taking dance lessons because oh, we're, we're going to show up since they're getting married in Mexico. We're learning one of my husband's favorite dances and, um, which is, uh, the, I think it's the it's not the salsa. I think it's that samba. It's like the sexy one or something. Ooh. So I need to lose a little weight so he can like dip me or something, whatever <laughs> that's going to be. Um, <laughs> you don't need to throw anybody's back out at the wedding. <laughs> but yeah, just have some like doing so. I'm just looking forward to the fun and, um, and uh, more people to bless mm -hmm. with our stories. Mm -hmm. So tell people where they can find you if they're interested in connecting with you and learning more about you. What your oh, what, what's your handles? Yeah. yeah. So I'm right now I'm I'm just at Yvonne Re Sales Coach on 
uh, Instagram. I've made my personal one private because I was getting, um, because I'm doing so much on the at Yvonne Reese sales coach um, handle, I have been sort of neglecting my Facebook and my uh, personal Instagram. And I decided because I didn't want to overload my friends and family with what I'm doing for work. Right. So I'm keeping, I'm keeping that one private for now, but yeah, that's the best way to get in, in touch. Let me know too. If you, if you listen to this, if you like this one, if you like the first one, if, if you're connected to um, any of the things that I've said, it's just so nice to know when you've made a difference. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously I'm not going to try and pitch you sales stuff or any of that stuff unless you ask for it. So um, there's that, but the, um, I think the journey for me is just beginning and um, I'm so excited for what that's going to take me to next and I'm mm-hmm. open to it. So pivot. I am too. Well. I yeah. am too. Mm-hmm. That's what I, before we started recording, I said, I can't wait to see where the journey uh, takes you and can't wait to see the light that you're going to provide for other people out there that need it. So, and you too. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So I really appreciate you being here today. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy birthday because your birthday is on Christmas day. And um, I just hope that you have a great rest of your year. And I can't wait to hear what you decide your word for 2022 is going to be. I think you just helped me with that, but yes, thank you. (laughs) And we might have to make this a yearly thing. Come back and see where we've grown through next. Yeah. I'd love that. It'd be a great way for me to, to start off every, every season. So let's do it. Let's plan on it. All righty. Good. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. If you'd like more information on my thoughts about the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. If you'd be interested in sharing your story on the podcast, please send me an email to daughterswithoutmoms at gmail.com.